The things of God are of deep import, and time and experience and careful and ponderous and solemn thoughts can only find them out. Thy mind, O man, if thou wilt lead a soul unto salvation, must stretch as high as the utmost heavens, and search into and contemplate the lowest considerations of the darkest abyss, and expand upon the broad considerations of eternal expanse. Thou must commune with God. Such city, city a call, city a call, ma call, ma call, satanam, a call of wit. Welcome into Zion Consciousness and Covenant. A little bit different format for you uh, from now on. Felice and I, my name is Andy Rasmussen. Felice and I have had some difficulties in the last few months coordinating schedules. And so we're going to continue to do um, do it as we have been doing uh, together at times. But in the meantime and in between times, as a favorite broadcaster of mine uh, likes to say, <clears throat> we'll do some things separately as well, try to push a little more content out uh, to the folks and to the world at, at this time where there's so much to be said and understood and, and learned and, uh, between everybody. So it's, uh, it's me today and for the, for, for the next few episodes, certainly. And I wanted to jump off that quote from Joseph Smith we opened, that, uh, opened the podcast with. And particularly... And that's a famous one, but the part that I have been considering now for many years is um, thy mind, will, if you will lead a soul into salvation, must stretch as high as the utmost heavens and search into and contemplate the lowest considerations of the darkest abyss. I think as uh, members of the LDS Church and uh, other seekers of light and, and truth, wherever they are, we're pretty good. Uh, and, and I'll speak just to the LDS um, culture because that's what I <clears throat> grew up in and most familiar with. But we're pretty good at searching and stretching as high as the utmost heavens and contemplating those things and talking about them uh, so far as we understand them at any given time. But we tend to, at least in public, <laughs> not uh, want to do a whole lot of searching and contemplating the lowest considerations of the darkest abyss. Now, that's not what we're going to do today, but it has some bearing on so many things that I that I, I want to mention. And this is going to be, as Felice's blog is, a lot from my own experience and my own journey. A um, couple of uh, quick housekeeping things. As we get to the end of the podcast, I'll um, mention some additional resources that have, that have been useful to me, some that I, I may use in the podcast or that have been, uh, that I've enjoyed recently. But real briefly, bef- um, right now, let me mention that there will be a second Zion Consciousness podcast uh, beginning this week. should be up on Spreaker by the end of the day. It's the 11th of December. I'm recording this today, 2017. <clears throat> should be up by the end of the day or, or possibly tomorrow on Spreaker and, uh, and on iTunes and other platforms by the end of the week, uh, certainly. And it'll be, it's have the same name, the same um, artwork. Uh, it'll be called Zion Consciousness 
the blogcast. And what I'll do there is I'm going to read, um, just read verbatim uh, from the blog, uh, from Felice's blog, Progressive Prophetess, that kind of got this whole thing going that, that details her um, journey. <clears throat> and then uh, from other blogs as well. Uh, obviously, all, always with the author's permission. And uh, that's all it'll be. It won't be any commentary or anything like that. Just be reading those blog posts just to get them out there in a different format for folks when you're you know, driving around or, or working out or doing the dishes or whatever it is you do when you're listening to podcasts. So uh, that'll be available shortly. Uh, we'll start with, uh, with some posts from, from Felice's blog. If you have any blogs that are of a similar nature that you enjoy, uh, go ahead and send them to me or even contact the author if you'd like and or if the author is you and uh, get permission and send them to me and we'll see if we can't work those in. Uh, that'll be an easy one to, to generate a lot of content for you uh, over time. So what I wanted to talk about today, <clears throat> you know, one of the most um, well-known scriptures in, in the LDS canon is from 4th Nephi. After the visit of the Savior uh, to the <clears throat> Nephites, remaining people there in the Americas. And, of course, they, after that experience of direct ministrations of the Savior, they had um, established quite a society, what we would call a Zion society. And Mormon, in, uh, in editing and telling us a little bit about this, of course, it was a short chapter. There wasn't a lot of drama there to talk about. But he wanted to make sure we understood what it was exactly. And he said this to say. He said, They had all things common among them. Therefore they were not rich, nor poor, nor bond, or free. Uh, but they were all made free, partakers of the heavenly gift. Skipping ahead a little bit. And it came to pass that there was no contention among the people, among all the people, in all the land. But there were mighty miracles wrought upon them, wrought among them, excuse me, in, among the disciples of Jesus. And it came to pass <clears throat> that there was no contention in the land, because the love of God did dwell in the hearts of the people. There were no robbers, nor murderers, neither were there any, neither were there Lamanites, nor any manner of ites, and because, but they were all in one, the children of Christ and heirs of the kingdom of God. This speaks to, directly to the title and purpose of this podcast, Zion Consciousness. This is something that I've thought <clears throat> a lot about recently. Um, I'm not going to talk about any details here, but many of you know one of my jobs is um, working in the political arena and doing some policy work for a nonprofit, uh, both in Utah and nationally. And, uh, and that's been an area where I've done a lot of work previously in different capacities and had uh, interest going all the way back to, to my childhood. And it's, a, it's an interesting time now. Now, this, I use this as a, an example because that's the world I'm in, but uh, you know, it's true across many uh, facets and, and sections of our culture and society right now. <clears throat> but you can see the, and experience pretty clearly the anxiety, the, um, the division, the polarities, and the um, absolute... Now, absolute is not the right word because it's not absolute yet, but a predominance of, uh, of of inability to just have discussions, to just talk about anything, all right? Because there's no longer a shared set of facts, a shared experience. 
um, which you kind of take for granted when it's around there, and in a culture it often is, and again, a given society. Cross-culturally, you have some issues that way, and that's what we're seeing now. A lot of a lot of reasons for that, and we're not. This is not the the podcast. It's outside the scope of this podcast to discuss those things, and I don't I don't want to. I just want to talk a little bit about the experience. <clears throat> um, and I was talking to my son uh, last night on a on a different note, and I found myself I was surprised to to be saying, "Don't pick sides." Uh, don't pick up the banner for either side. And I want to, there's, um, we've mentioned before in, in this podcast, the healing modality known as Satnam Rasayan. Uh, Yogi Bhajan taught it to Guru Dev Singh over the course of almost two decades in silence. And now, and then he charged to Guru Dev to, uh, to to teach it. Interestingly enough, <clears throat> Guru Dev was living in in Italy at the time at an ashram there, and uh, and Yogi Basham went to see him, and Guru Dev said he gave me a new name, <clears throat> uh, Guru Dev, and uh, a mood, a mantra. He said, and a mudra and told me to go teach this. This was part of his commission, a name and a sign, and, uh, and key words. Yeah, so that was that's an interesting side note. But he's, Guru Dave then is a, he's been commissioned to teach this uh, throughout the world, it, 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 this, this healing modality, and do so in a way that uh, breaks with tradition that's not silent because it needs, it, it's so uh, widely needed today. We need to figure out a way to talk about it. Talk about a really uh, a deep uh, experience. And we always, another quote from Joseph Smith about the complaining about the broken language and how hard it is to convey anything of real depth. But that was Guru Dave's um, uh, mission. And he's, <clears throat> of course, he, he's from Mexico. Native language is, is Spanish. He's done a lot of his writing. In, and uh, originally in that, has been translated. And, and he, he speaks both languages, obviously. <clears throat> But I wanted to start with Satnam Rasayan. Um, because it really gets at how we, what we might do in response to this, um, this experience of extreme angst and, and inability to communicate with our fellow men on subjects that matter, <clears throat> at least without conflict. And it, in, his, in his book, and if you... This is one of the things, one of the resources I'll mention. If you don't have or haven't seen the book Satnam Rasayan, I'd highly recommend it. I'll, I'll give the information on that at the end. But he, he says there's, he identifies this, and we've talked recently in this podcast about cold depression, and he, he says this is the fundamental <clears throat> challenge of the times, and that our perception of the world is transforming. And as our perception transforms, getting back to the ideas of, of quantum physics now, right? He says, our perception, new perception, is transforming the world itself in that in that continual cycle of a relationship. And he says the polarity that we're experiencing is what's causing the anxiety. It's cold depression. It's a state where there's no uh, there's no real clear or recognizable reason for the pain. There are a lot of people you see now that have no 
obvious reason to be in despair or to be <clears throat> low energy, right? They, they, they have children, marriages, affection in their lives, even good jobs, fulfilling um, things that they do, whether it's in the jobs or hobbies or, uh, or other areas of service. And, and it's hard to understand, and maybe we're one of these, you know, you're one of those people from time to time. Well, you really don't have any real reason when you look around to feel depressed. And then, of course, for me, that means, well, uh, that doubles down on, on the anxiety or depression then, because if I don't have any reason to be, and I can't just, why can't I just be grateful and on and on? Good Dave says they, the only thing really that these people are missing, and it's, again, endemic across the world right now, and particularly the Western world, North America, European nations, is we haven't adapted to the process of change. <clears throat> and that's what you're seeing really in a lot and it played out in the political world. The uh, unbelievably, unbelievably, uh, when you look at, particularly in a historical perspective, rapid pace of change and the inevitable uh, backlash that such, such rapidity uh, engenders. You, we're going after things that don't work anymore. Felice talks a lot about this a lot of times, right? The structures uh, that have worked previously that are still in place don't anymore. And so uh, the thing is this this particular, and it's really a, a, a deep, it's much beyond this, we won't get into it today, but a deep uh, version of mindfulness is Satnam Rasayana. It's a therapy which is suited to this process. Now, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a legitimate therapy person-to-person, person, uh, practitioner-to-patient. But it's something that you can practice on your own as well in, um, in a little bit modified form for your own... Well, let me just read the, uh, the, the portion here of the book. It explains really what it is. Sat number science stimulates the meditative potential, the potential of holding together the two poles of conflict taking up the neutral position of the observer who is also a receptacle for what is happening. This is because you cannot stay on one side only, one side of the conflict. This confuses you completely and drives you mad, as we can see happening with too many of our contemporaries who take up unilateral positions and then identify with them. In fact, he says, this is Guru Dev continuing, it is precisely this conflict between polarities, between the changes that are accepted and those that are rejected, in other words, which enables you to enter into a meditative state. So all the commotion that you feel, all the commotion that you sense, and, and for me, again, it, it begins with the political world because I spend so much time there, and, and not that it's always bad, far from it, actually. There's a lot of incredible people there, but, but just having to follow some of the news along with it um, you know, can give this experience. And that's the key point right there. Guru Dev says, it's precisely this conflict between polarities which enables you to enter into a meditative state. People approach yoga, meditation, satnamrasayan, whatever it is, mindfulness, to free themselves, right? To find something uh, that will fill this feeling of loss, loss of meaning, uh, loss of direction, values, um, kind of a that feeling that we sometimes get that the, the foundation of what we thought we knew society was about, our lives were about, is ripped out from under us. So we approach these, uh, what, are, what are more Eastern um, <clears throat> traditions? 
and that's how it was a lot, a lot of times when we approached uh, religion as well. So the meditative mind now is a natural state of mind, getting to Guru Dev again here. It cannot be defined but only described by comparing it with the positive mind, the mind that acts, and the negative mind, the mind that discriminates. The meditative mind is the mind when it is neutral, which observes both and decides. Information is an external object. The awareness, on the other hand, is direct, immediate, and internal. Leaves behind no deposits. So that's all I wanted to, to start with. There's going to be a lot of things that I think we can cover in this in this podcast, and uh, well, for me, I know Felice has some things, and then we'll do some things together. And I don't in any way want to want to say <laughs> set myself up as any kind of authority on anything because I'm certainly not. Uh, I recently watched a play of. Uh, New rendition, well, it wasn't new rendition. <laughs> it was traditional rendition of them, of a Christmas carol. And at the end, when Ebenezer Scrooge uh, has, has been transformed, one of the things he's, he uh, exclaims loudly over and over is, I, I know nothing, I know nothing. And he's ecstatic about the, the idea that he knows nothing, that the world is fresh and new. And, um, and, and I couldn't exclaim that loud enough, that I know nothing. I know many, many listeners here have uh, unbelievably Im- immense gifts and have developed those over the years <clears throat> to proportions uh, that they're blessing so many people. I just want to offer some uh, some thoughts to, to help guide us, th- again, uh, talk about my journey and, uh, and, and get that conversation going for all of us. Uh, I've, I've referenced before and it ties right in with the Satnam Rasayan idea. The um, work of Eckhart Tolle and uh, the power of now um, a new earth are, are the two that kind of those kind of uh, constitute the, the series, if you will. But the idea in, in, uh, in Satnam Rasayan is very much that, the, to sit in the presence of the moment and to notice Again, mindfulness. It doesn't matter what word you put on it. I'm going to bring a lot of ideas in. But to notice, uh, you, you want to, in mindfulness, you want to give yourself maybe an anchor. Uh, often it's your breath. And you can start there. Uh, but a mindfulness is different than a, than a mantra meditation. And it's different in the same way that Sutton Mursina is different from a mantra meditation. A mantra meditation is often, uh, it's a... Uh, it's a concentrated meditation. It's a, med- a meditation of, of single-point concentration. And that's an unbelievable way to, to calm the nervous system, to unlock the, the subconscious mind and to clean it out, particularly using the mantra. Um, but the kind of meditation we're talking about right now, <clears throat> this mindfulness, is, uh, is multifaceted. It's the awareness is of everything rather than of one thing. So do a little bit of, a, of an experiment now. If you're driving, don't. But if you're, if you're doing anything else, sit and um, close your eyes and, and just anchor into the breath. You, you don't need to pay attention to it. You don't need to focus on it. Uh, just become aware of it. the feeling of the breath moving in and out. Okay, this is the first level. It's where you learn to allow whatever you feel. 
that means being aware of feelings without judging them or applying any any um, presuppositions. In 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 Satnamrasan, this is called the sensitive space. Simply feel what you feel, and so start with the breath. See if you can if there's any sensation to the breath moving in your nostrils or out or filling your lungs as you're your abdomen or your, or your chest both uh, rise and fall. Just, again, a physical sensation. As you're doing this, I'll give you real quickly the, the translation of Satnam Rasayan. It means a deep relaxation in the divine name or healing in the name, abandoning oneself to the essence of the true name or true identity. As you're breathing, and again, <clears throat> not focusing on your breath, you're just becoming aware of it. Allow your awareness to expand. To sensations, perhaps on your skin. Maybe you can feel the air if there's even a slight breeze. If you're indoors, maybe not. See if you can sense the hairs on your skin. Continue, you don't want you to shift your awareness from the breath. I want you to keep that awareness, but expand it now. Now allow the experience and awareness of any other physical um, sensations, feelings, Resistances is what they're called in Sat Namrasayan. Just recognize the feelings and sensations and allow them. Letting go of control. Surrender, which we'll talk about in a minute, but surrender is the idea. Allow the full experience of your physical body to manifest completely in your sensitive space. Now you're not, again, concentrating. You're just allowing a complete and whole sensation. And this can be of any feeling. You're going to start physical and then you're going to expand it to emotional. <clears throat> and then it can be anything. Itching, tickling sensations, various aches and pains. Uh, some are more subtle, maybe a, a, a subtle sadness or a peaceful feeling, restful um, Anxious, it doesn't matter. Any of these are what we call resistances to, to the moment, to what is right now. And so you're not going to do anything about them. You're just going to allow them in your, in your awareness. This includes thoughts. If, you, if, you, if something moves around, you hear a noise, a, a, a thought is, hey, there, there's something makes, making a lot of noise. <clears throat> but everything can be felt. If that happens, just feel what the noise produces in your body, where it registers, where, where it resonates. With that, you can start to, to understand and perfect the practice of feeling your thoughts. And you include them in the healing process.
With the next breath, expand your awareness a little bit more to include your entire existence right now. You're not going beyond it. Everything that you are experiencing. Recognize your own feelings and allow them. Do not concentrate. Remain focused on the whole experience using a, a kind of a broader sort of attention. <clears throat> now, it, when you're first beginning this, you'll want to select physical sensations and, and move your attention maybe rapidly between them. Um, try to... Uh, Try to allow and release that tendency. <clears throat> As you do and allow each resistance or sensation or feeling uh, to exist on its own within the, the globe of your awareness, you'll notice that some of them spontaneously seem to disappear or complete. Okay. <clears throat> and gently bring your awareness back to my voice and exit that mindfulness or sensitive state. Now, we talk a lot about the whys and, and, and the wherefores and the whats, uh, and I don't want to get into that today, uh, perhaps at another time, but um, I wanted to have the experience is the key in the Aquarian age, right? Get into that sensitive space and, and, and then relate it to, and all that means is think about, while in that sensitive space, work with it to try to stabilize it, to equalize it, and, and, and get good at it. But it, even as you're practicing that, relate it to something, a conflict that you've had recently, to, to get back to the original point. And relate to it in that natural state of the meditative mind and see if you can hold that conflict. And, and if it's useful to you, you know, use the political one. It's where a lot of our conflicts manifest right now, but it can be anywhere. Hold both. And even if you'd like to, and this gets back to the original Joseph Smith quote, searching out the darkest abyss as you may see it. Project... Um, <clears throat> Hold in your mind, in, in that sensitive space, something that upsets you, or someone. And it, can be, it doesn't have to be someone you know, although it certainly can be. Something or someone in, in the world or in your life that you know is, that is, has been a trigger for you. Even if you think it's absolutely, you're absolutely right and righteous, and they, or that the situation or circumstance is not. <clears throat> does not. does not matter. Just experience it in this meditative mind. And remember... It's this meditative potential, this holding together of the two poles of conflict and taking the neutral position of, a, of observer, which enables you to experience healing and to go deeper into this meditative state. This conflict is absolutely useful for us as we transform into the consciousness mentioned by Mormon where there were no ites. There weren't any ites. It, it didn't happen because... The Nephites obliterated every other ite, right? It happened because they no longer identified with their sides, with their isms. Now, as we close a word about surrender, I just wanted to... <clears throat> this is from, um, from Eckhart Tolle, because there's a lot of... There can be some confusion around the idea and the concepts, but specifically... 
at the beginning because without the experience, it's somehow it's hard, hard to talk about it with, with specific uh, with our language. He says, he says, don't confuse surrender. This is Eckhart Tolle in the Power of Now. Don't confuse surrender with an attitude of I can't be bothered anymore, or I just don't care anymore. How many of us have checked out that way on um, on politics? He says, if you look at that closely, you'll find such an attitude is tainted with negativity in the form of hidden resentment, and is so. So it's not surrender at all, but masked resistance. As you surrender, direct your attention inward to check if there's any trace of resistance left inside you. This is still still Tola. Be very alert when you do so. Otherwise, a pocket of resistance may continue to hide in some dark corner in the form of a thought or an unacknowledged emotion. He says, you say you're conscious of your unhappy feelings, but the truth is you're identified with them. And you keep the process alive through compulsive feelings, or compulsive thinking, excuse me. All that is unconscious. If you were conscious, that is to say totally present in the now, like the exercise we just did, all negativity would dissolve almost instantly. It could not survive in your presence. It can only survive in your absence. Even the pain body, which is his... Uh, conceptualization for what we may call uh, uh, demonic uh, forces or something like that. It says, even the pain body cannot survive for long in your presence. And I'm just going to bring that back to the idea of <clears throat> Christ and, and the God of the Old Testament identifying as I am. First and foremost, I am. Now there's not, I, I know, so much that so many of you could could add on to there. I just want to say uh, in some conversations recently, um, and I don't, boy, I just don't want to get political on here, but I know that for many, the uh, one way or another, the current president of the United States is a trigger. Um, he's there for a reason. He's a mirror, holding up to us what we need to correct, what we need to become aware of, what we need to dissolve in this meditative space. Collectively, as a society for sure, but individually as well, if there's anything, <clears throat> and, and if it includes, maybe it's, look, I just don't even think about that, I've checked out. Recall Yogi Bhajan's first Sutra of the Aquarian Age. The other person is you. What are those who who trigger you in one way or another, or even trigger you to just turn off and tune out. What are they holding up that we don't want to see? Meditate on that with this mindfulness technique, this Satnam Rasayana. Now, that's not all of Satnam Rasayana, I want to be clear, but that is the beginning. Anyway, that's how it was longer than I wanted to go on. I didn't get to even a, a, a tiny percentage of what's in my head, but I, I think... That experience is one we can begin to work with. Uh, before I go, mentioning uh, specific resources, because everyone can always use some, some different things. I like audio resources. I, I read a lot, but I also read a whole lot for work, and, and so I, uh, some of my study time is, is more audio now. But um, So you can find all these on audio. As well. the, uh, the Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle, obviously available on Audible. Uh, I just quoted from... Um, Satnam Rasayan, The Art of Healing, is the, the name of the book, uh, the Satnam Rasayan Manual, uh, by Guru Dave Singh. You can get that at KRI or on Amazon. That's on Amazon as well. Um, some other audio resources. Just wanted to uh, 
mention a couple of podcasts. There's one that I know some, some friends of mine are enjoying. I've listened to a couple and it, for, it's just not really my cup of tea, although I've, been, I've really enjoyed it and found a couple of episodes useful. But there's one called Religion Classes. Um, and boy, I forgot who it's by, but it's religion classes. The the avatar the is a flames, on you can find it on iTunes or wherever. But this this uh, gentleman's a former CES um, CES instructor, I believe, <clears throat> and he's obviously LDS, and he does a lot of um, a lot of things on uh, on LDS topics. Just really kind of expanding what you a lot what you would normally hear in a gospel doctrine class or something some of the uh, the topics familiar spirits calling an election um tying up loose ends uh, the keeper of the gate tip of the spear adam on dial and be not troubled uh from within the veil the atonement law of the celestial kingdom baptism of fire and others uh, the very first one was one of the ones that I that I really enjoyed, and it was on the difference between the Holy Spirit and and the gift of the Holy Ghost. So that's that's an interesting one. One I've really liked recently as, as well. If you enjoy podcasts, is the Jordan B. Peterson podcast. This is a gentleman. He's uh, <clears throat> become famous in Canada for some uh, political stances, but he's actually he's a a um, Professor of uh, psychology, I, I believe. He's, he's a practicing psychiatrist or psychologist. Uh, so he's a clinical uh, psychologist as well as a professor. The University of Toronto currently, he's spent some time down here in various uh, universities, including Harvard. Uh, but he has given a lecture series um, this, la- this past year. He's just completing this month called The Psychological Importance of the uh, Biblical Stories. And he's done... <coughs> excuse me, finished 13 of them so far, uh, going through the book of Genesis, and then he'll start next year in the book of Exodus. These are just perspectives that are, uh, you know, I, I want to talk at some future podcast about um, interpreting Scripture and how many different ways we can read a particular passage, literally and metaphorically in different ways, um, individually and societally. Uh, but he's he's looking at these as, as um, he, he does a lot of work with... Uh, Jungian ideas of archetypes, etc., and he, he applies that kind of a paradigm to the to the Genesis stories, and they're just uh, really, really fascinating. If you're interested in that, uh, incredibly fascinating, gives some perspectives on just the value of these things and what might really, you know, some things we don't generally think of, but we're looking at them literally. What they might be telling us about human nature and about who we are and how we how to how to approach life and, and the world. Um, his style isn't for everyone. Like I said, that's been real useful for me. So I'll, I'll give a few different resources on everyone, and I'd appreciate it if you'd share some of yours. Um, again, look for that blog cast soon. Uh, again, I'll, I'll do the first one today, and that'll be up uh, immediately on Spreaker and as soon as, as iTunes gets it up in a few days. Uh, that'll be Felice's blog and, and others if you'd like me to. So thank you very very much. We're looking forward to, to doing it this way, hopefully giving you a little bit more content. Satnam. Such city, city a call, city a call, maha call, maha call, satanam. Kalamurat, Wahiguru, 
Such city, city a call, city a call, Maha call, Maha call, Satanam, a call of Muhammad, Wahibu.